Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, we've got our usual crew today. We've got Adam and Rhiannon. Uh, guys, go ahead and say hello and uh, share your Twitter handle. Hello. Hello. Uh, well, obviously, Adam doesn't care if you have his Twitter handle. Um no, I do not. But I like I got <laughs> followers do last week, so I'm throwing it out there. You guys can come follow me. I'm at Brooklyn MND, as in Marvel News Desk. And I'm at Caleb A. Borchers, uh, Borchers, B-O-R-C-H-E-R-S. Uh, we want to encourage you to support the show if you like it. So uh, you can do that a couple of ways really easily. Uh, for free, you can go over to watch.marvelnewsdesk.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That helps us out. Uh, and also, if you really love the show, we'd love for you to... Toss us a buck or two a month over at patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk. Uh, are you guys going to watch the Oscars on Sunday live? Do you have any anticipation? Wow, Sunday's a really long ways away, Caleb. I, I... Well, I have to. But yeah, I mean, I've been watching it. It's crazy. I'm the most thing I'm most excited for is for it to come and pass because there aren't any more award shows until next winter. That is pretty exciting. Last last Sunday was good though because there was nothing. It, it was the nice little break between the Grammys and Oscars. I mean, there's no award shows that ComicBook.com covers, but there are the Tonys. Yeah, okay, whatever those are, but sure. Yeah, I know what the Tonys are. Don't don't get in my face. There, there was uh, there's a video going viral now. I thought you two would get a kick out of it. So uh, Kirsten Gillibrand or whatever's campaigning in Iowa. And like someone's, it's like a crowded bar and someone's sneaking up to her and she like just brushes by the Senator and says, sorry, I just have to go get some ranch. And it's like the most Iowan thing ever. I'm not sure if you two find that hilarious or not. But you, I saw a headline and like a screen it's... grab of like ranch girl or something. And I, yeah. I was like, this will show up on my, bo- you know, on my feed again and I'll follow the link. But I didn't. So thanks for explaining it. So, hey, no no problem. So if you're wondering why us Iowans don't watch musicals, we are too busy looking for the bottle of ranch. Apparently ranch isn't as popular elsewhere. So I keep a bougie Penzi's ranch mix Ooh. on my shelf that last night I mixed with regular sour cream and made my own little ranch dip for my bougie chicken tenders that I picked up at Whole Foods on the way home because that was the most convenient thing. So, and tonight you are hanging out with a couple of peasants. So yeah, uh, tonight was big <laughs> potato night. So, I mean, I might be living the bougie life, but I'm still kind of, <laughs> you know, down to earth with you peasants. Yeah, bougie ranch dressing. We do a uh, ranch dressing for pizza crust. Yeah, man. it's the only way to eat pizza crust, man, is dipping it in the ranch dressing. So. Though I have to say, last time I was back in North Carolina, I, I got to that pizza crust and it had cheese inside. And I remember that being a thing that existed, but I hadn't encountered it and it was pretty amazing. Oh, be still my heart. Stuff crust. I, oh. That has a special place in my heart. We got back to food. How did we get back on food? <laughs> you don't like stuff crust? Have I, no, I've... Have I ever told you how angry stuffed crust makes me at Pizza Hut? Get out of here. Pizza Hut does. No, no, no. I like it. What makes me angry is they do the commercials. Any pizza, any size, nine ninety nine. So I go on the website 
and I go, I want a large stuffed crust. And they go, eleven ninety nine. And I said, you said any crust, any size. And they're like, oh, it excludes stuffed crust. What well, does it freaking mean any now, does it, Pizza Hut? Do you need a, a dictionary? That is not what the word any right. means. Don't tell me it's any right. and then give me exceptions. It's an affront to both my wallet and my sense of taste and my sense of grammar. So, so uh, you know, when Caleb, you know, asked you all listeners to uh, donate to the Patreon. Yeah, yeah. That's Everybody that's throw an extra $2 fund. in so, so Caleb can more. get the stuff crust. Fund. Stuff crust fund. Yeah. That's important. Actually, last time we had Pizza Hut, it made us so sick. <laughs> Doing an extra two dollars, so Caleb doesn't have to make his family sick on Pizza Hut. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, that being said, if Pizza Hut would like to do uh, sponsored ads, all this all is forgiven. We will yeah. we'll, we'll make it happen. So, <laughs> all right. Our first news. Uh, we need to go ahead and just finally have the funeral. Uh, at last, we know officially Netflix dun, Marvel dun, 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 is done dun, for good. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we had uh, Jessica Jones and Punisher both canceled this week. Uh, there's been some articles that came out since. Uh, one was at The Wrap. I saw another one, uh, The Hollywood Reporter, that basically said things we kind of already knew but kind of clarified them. They said the original contract was for four 13-episode seasons with the Defenders at the end. Um, and because that's the original contract, I think reading between the lines, that means they always had to negotiate for further seasons or for The Punisher. They also very explicitly said that Netflix felt like it was too much money to license given the viewership they had. It's not that it had bad viewership. It just was really expensive. Um, and they confirmed that, again, that what we had heard earlier from Deadline and others – that Marvel was not willing to go from 13 to 10 episodes, which is something that Netflix really wanted to do. Um, Rhiannon, I know you gave lots of these thoughts live on Monday on your uh, President's Day morning special. Uh, any more, I mean, anything else you want to say as we kind of wrap? I mean, this will be the last time we really talk about these things, I guess, except for a Jessica Jones 3 review. Yeah, so for those that missed it, um, and you probably should miss it. There's about 20 minutes of me rambling with tequila in my hand from Monday. So um, that's on our YouTube channel if you want to see. Um, at that time, Jeff Loeb hadn't made his statement. Um, I think Loeb's statement... And I, I, and I talked... I guess I talked about this and that, but um, Loeb, Loeb is a politician... He has to say certain things. I mean, you know, he will always say what he can to make his brand look good. But reading between the lines, I really, really, really reading all the stuff that came out this week, reading between the lines of Jeff Loeb's statement, looking at all of the information out there, I think they have plans to in some way incorporate or revive these characters when they can. I don't think it's going to be Daredevil season four on Hulu in two years. I don't think it's going to be, you know, we know it's not going to be the revival of Iron Fist, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's long-term plans at Hulu that involve whatever and that they incorporate Daredevil. Or they incorporate Jessica Jones, or they try to bring back Luke Cage. I think Luke Cage is unlikely, 
just, I think Mike Coulter, he doesn't seem as emotionally invested in his character to sort of be ready to drop everything and come back to it. Um, but yeah, it's all over. And I mean, I, I explained it to you guys. Like, it was kind of like my dog had a long, slow death from cancer. I knew my dog was going to die, but it was still sad when it happened. So, um, I mean, this is the same way. Like, it's not a shock, but it's still, you know, sad. It's almost obnoxious at this point is, I mean, we, it's got to be clear. These shows aren't going to live on at Disney Plus, right? That's pretty clear. Or am I just being kind of a self-absorbed, condescending douchebag by saying it's not? I think everything that we've heard about what they intend to do at Disney Plus, it's safe to say it doesn't fit their intended strategy there. Right. It's that's I mean, that's the prevailing theory throughout all of social media. And it's just it's bonkers. I mean, Frank Castle's not gonna rip a dude's eyeballs out on Disney Plus. Um Charlie Cox and Electra aren't going to have sex in the metal of a, a boxing ring on Disney Plus. Um you know, I, I'm still not sold if they if they actually do have future plans. Um, you know, I'm kind of in the camp of I think these are probably permanently canceled. I mean, Loeb's statement, I mean, obviously, it, it almost comes down to what we talked about with Mr. Hulu guy uh, a week or two ago. You know, obviously, Jeff's going to be eternally um, plotting or scheming or... Of course he wants um, these properties to live on because it provides him job security and get, you know, cranks out content. But I'm not sure. Um, You know, Hulu just announced those animated series. If they bring over these four Defender shows, that's all of a sudden eight different properties on Hulu. I mean, right then and there, that's Nine with Runaways. Nine. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um so, I mean, that's super, super, super saturated right there. Uh, I'm still, I still really think they could do something with FX and FXX and FXXX and FXXXX. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe, you know. Um, obviously, Legion's the, the gifted. I, I don't know. Um, but. There's stuff. I mean, we're going to get more shows. I'm not sure if we're going to get these shows, but we're going to get more shows at some point. One would think. I mean, they've told us we're getting more shows before on ABC, but I really do think the whole FX and um, Fox deal is going to uh, add something else to this. The, uh, I can't wait to see the FXXX version of Matt Murdock Manhor. Right. Yeah, you know, the real direction Daredevil never took and what we've been missing. I think the real question for us in a lot of this that we just don't have an answer to is the relationship between Marvel film and TV. Like now that we're done trying to parse Marvel TV and Netflix and that's done, like the real relationship between Feige and Loeb and how they get characters and who makes what decisions. Like, I mean, just hypothetically speaking if uh if somebody making avenger 7 really is excited about the idea of luke cage being in the avengers you know like we've talked about the uh 
that kind of all-star Avengers lineup they had for a while with Spider-Man and Iron Man and uh, Wolverine and Luke Cage. Like if somebody decides they want to make that, is Kevin Feige got to trade something to Jeff Loeb or can he just go to like Grandpa Bob and be like, Mr. Iger, can I please have this character? And he'll just strip it away from Loeb and give it to Kevin Feige or would they just create two separate ones? Like, I'm interested in how much Jeff Loeb, say, owns Daredevil or how much access Feige might have to Daredevil if he decided he wanted to make a Daredevil movie or a Daredevil, you know, Disney Plus show that was made through Marvel Studios. That's the part I think that we don't understand as much as I'd like to as far as what the future looks like. And so, Rand, what's your, I mean, what's your opinion? You wouldn't want a Daredevil trilogy? I mean, Daredevil deserves a movie, you know, franchise. I mean, he can more than carry a franchise. I don't like movies. I like television for the way that you get deep in your characters. I mean, there's moments that we got in Daredevil as a TV series that we would never get if it was a movie simply because you don't have enough time. Yeah, there's B-plots I could do without. Like, I... I do not need to see the whole Ben Yurik's wife's hospital battle, but there's still a lot of getting to know the character deeply and, and thoroughly that you can't get into in a movie. You get into a movie, you need your three acts, you need your action, you need your big fiery boom third act fight to end it all out. And Daredevil is just not that character. Daredevil is a character that you need to get to know. You need to, I mean, hell, it takes, you know, a solid, I mean, I'm trying to remember the Ben Affleck movie. You know, they did a good job of pretty quickly showing his powers, but I, you know, it takes a little while to sort of understand what his power even is and why he still has vulnerabilities and all of that. It's, it's a more difficult world to explain. And, um, no, I have absolutely no desire to see it as a movie trilogy. I don't see what the advantage of that is at all. That being said, I would have watched a hundred episodes of, you know, Steve Rogers and his relationship with Bucky and his relationship with Peggy and, you know, what he struggled with in being Captain America. Any of these characters, I would have rather have had a really long TV series. I, I, I think any of them would be better if you if you have good series with a large number of episodes, you know, with, with a decent number of episodes to really flush them out. So are you the one that's in Jeff's ear keeping, you know, keep telling him about these 13 episode seasons? Like, do you keep texting him and saying, Jeff, we need these 13 episodes? Sorry, guys. You, you, I, I've, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I, I was. I've had Jeff's number this whole time, and that's been, you know. That's, that's... I, but I think the answer, to be fair, is it's not that you had to have 10, 13 episode seasons. No. You would have been happy to have 13, 10 episode seasons, right? You know, like, right. how they're cut up isn't the problem. It's just that you like the volume. Right. I, I, I like the well fleshed out. And that's where, I mean, yes, I agree with you guys that like there, there were plenty of Luke Cage episodes that I did not need. 
There's been plenty of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes that we did not need. But you can't argue that we don't know Agent May really well at this point because we've had lots of time to dive into her character. That if we were in a movie, how much would we know about Agent May? Case in point, we know a whole lot more about Melinda May than we do Scarlet Witch. Right? Like, that's a significant character in the movie side that we know almost nothing about. Like, we have 10, 15 minutes about her and the totality of the film she's been in. And that's what, for me, I'm not in any of this. I mean, I'm not interested in any of the Marvel Entertainment stuff. I'm not drawn to it by the big, magnificent fight scenes or the big, magnificent graphic effects All of that helps, but I'm in it because they have good characters. I'm interested in all of this because there are characters that have gone on real journeys, that have flaws, that have have struggles that we've watched them go through and we've watched them grow. You know, even in the movies, we've we have gotten enough time to see Tony Stark and his flaws and his struggles and his journey. Um, But. No, I mean, I think I. Yeah, it doesn't need to be 13 episodes. It doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to have a whole bunch of filler. But I think more time to get to know these characters, to me, is what I'm here for. But, yeah, the great thing about it is they have a wide variety. So whatever you're here for, whatever you're wanting, they're offering it. Right. But, I mean, look, you know, at least in character development-wise, look what they did with Rocket Raccoon. And two and a half movies. Look what they did to Thor. Between Thor Ragnarok and Infinity War. But that's a lead. I mean, and think of how much about Thor that we haven't gotten. Think of how much, I mean, getting to see his relationship with his brother go deeper. Getting to see his struggles as he deals with the emotional impact of his of his homeland being destroyed getting to see there's so much of his story that we're not seeing that we could see that could be presented in an interesting way i mean thor ragnarok could have been a whole season of television and we would have been there every day wanting more except for maybe not kill these miniseries though i think offer an awesome in between oh absolutely because like in eight or nine episode miniseries on daredevil or six episodes even on disney plus like would have the budget that i can see him swinging from rooftops by his billy club and fighting a hundred hand ninjas instead of you know like the seven extras that they could afford to have you know like i can get the spectacle but it also gives it a little space to breathe and so that's what i really find interesting about these disney plus in between options Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Like they, they are really, truly getting to a world where they have a little bit of everything for everybody. But Adam's question, wouldn't I rather have a three movie deal for Daredevil? My answer is no. All I'm saying is this third act battle of Daredevil standing down an army the size of the Outriders, but with hand ninjas and fighting them all off, that would win me over. And I would take that over... Five more seasons of 13, five more 13 episode seasons. But that's how simple my mind is. Yeah, but what if those seasons are on FXXX and they involve Matt Murdock the man whore? I mean. I mean, what? So you're saying if the Beast 
if it was Daredevil versus the Beast, I mean, that couldn't even pacify. I mean, Daredevil, Daredevil's arguably one of the biggest, besides, what, Wolverine and, I mean, pre-2008, Daredevil was bigger than Iron Man and probably Cap. I, so, so, the... I mean, if we're getting to the comics, and I mean, like, and I mean, like, we're spending forever on this one subject, but, like, I could debate it forever. If we're talking about, like, Daredevil versus the Beast, like, to me, that uh, that was, you know, a beautiful comic run, you know, him going off against this, this massive character. But what I remember from all of that is, like, one, you know, how he got there, how he got to this point, how he, how he ended up going against the beast, how he ended up, um, God. And then that's the one, is that the one that he ended up like being in charge of the hand and everything? And like, Uh, what was that? Shadowland. Yeah. Shadowland and all of that. And then when Shadowland was over, there's like this run where Matt Murdock is like walking through the desert and ends up at a truck stop and, you know, just totally soul searching and all of that. That stuff to me is just as interesting. No, I don't need the spectacle. I don't care if they're spectacle. If they're going to give me spectacle, I want it to be good. I mean, like the movies. But, I mean, when I watched Spider-Man, I told you guys, you know, in Homecoming, that whole riding on the side of the jet thing made me anxious. I didn't need that at all. I want the story. And that's why I like the television side of it more than the movies. Uh, let's move on to Captain Marvel. Uh, several things happened this week. Uh, the first social media reviews uh, or impressions or whatever they call it have hit, and they are almost unanimously really positive. Uh, the box office, uh, the um, tracking is now up to 120 million uh, after starting out at 100 million last week. Uh, apparently, there is a group of very stupid people who are trying to destroy the uh the rotten tomato score of captain marvel because their lives are so pathetic and pitiful they think it's a good idea and uh also brie larson said she really wants to see kamala khan miss marvel appear in a sequel which i thought was very exciting uh any of those news things you guys want to talk about as far as captain marvel goes didn't they do the negative review thing for black panther too they uh last jedi was the most recent one or no, was it Black Panther? I, I think they, they did, did it. A... Yeah. I don't remember Black Panther. Obviously, it really killed it at the box office. To me, this is almost good news for Captain Marvel now. Like, because there's, there's just a certain, as we continue into the culture wars that we have, there is a certain subset of people that if they hear this, are going to go see Captain Marvel just to stick it to... The patriarchy, you know what I'm saying? Like they hear like, oh, all these like stupid fanboys don't like uh, a a female hero. I hate comic books, but I'm still going to go see this movie to help it do well, which I'm not mocking. I mean, if you want to do that, that's awesome. I just I, I, I don't I think that this I don't think there's a negative impact of those things. If anything, I think it just brings more attention and more notoriety to the movie than anything. Yeah. Did the uh, social media reactions change your guys' anticipation level of this at all? You know, yeah, I, I, I'm glad it's good because, like we've said, like the or like I've said, the uh, previews, the trailers, they haven't gotten me hyped. So at least having like a general consensus that this is good 
Um, that helps. I mean, I already have my ticket, so I'm going and everything, but yeah, at least I feel a little bit better. Like, I don't know. I always feel like a little bit, Oh, is it going to be good? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be good? Right until like somebody comes on and they're like, yeah, okay, it's good. And then 50 other people go, yeah, yeah, it's good. So, so let me ask you this. I'm not necessarily sure this is a dissenting opinion at all, but what, when's Marvel Studios going to make a poorly received movie? Right? I mean, do you think there's a chance that critics are almost conditioned in a way to just expect what did critics say about Ant-Man and the Wasp? I don't remember. What did they say about Thor the Dark World? Hopefully bad stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was that one was one of the lowest ranked Rotten Tomato score. But it's still, I, I, I mean, think it's still like mid-80s or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes or in the 80s or some. Well, I mean, it wasn't a pile of pure garbage. It, oh, it was it, bad. The real answer to when when are they ever going to get a bad review, first of all, they just they do a really good job. Like they just deserve credit for making enjoyable movies. The risk will come with the volume. If Marvel Studios is going to continue to make three movies, maybe four movies a year, and going to make all this stuff on Disney streaming, and we have seen a little bit of early suggestion that they're going to make stuff like Black Widow and um, and Shang Chi, in part because those are things that are cheaper to make and that they can make take some risks on lower budget stuff. You know, I think it's possible, I'm not trying to say either of those will be bad, but I think it's possible that someday they will make a lower budget thing, a $100, $125 million uh, more martial arts focused, earth focused kind of movie that's not as big a piece of the overall picture, and they'll try some new and interesting things and it'll fall flat. I mean, I think that's the most likely place where we'll get a bad review next. Uh, the biggest danger is to do the same over. No, Ant-Man and the Wasp is 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I don't know. I mean. Yeah, because who hates that? Because remember, Rotten Tomatoes isn't that that people thought it was 88 out of 100. No, right. It means yeah, 88 understand. out of 100 critics thought it was good. And that's that's a stretch to me. That's a stretch. Do you think 88 out of 100 critics thought Ant-Man and the Wasp was like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't get it, but. That's... Well, let me put it the other way. Did you think it was bad? Like, would you have left going, oh, this is like uh, one of the podcasts I listened to, their rating system is best movie ever, worst movie ever. Would you, if you were in that, like that sort of straitjacket of a choice, would you say it's the worst movie ever or the best movie ever? If I had to choose between one of those, there yeah. are a million other movies I'd watch before Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'd watch Venom before Ant-Man That's and the not Wasp. what it's saying. Like... If, if you had to make a binary choice, was it good or was it bad? You didn't think it was bad. I mean, it was still fun to watch, right? I don't know. That's the thing. It, 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 the, the quality decreased substantially on a rewatch. So maybe first, sure, it was it was a good, funny movie and Luis was hilarious. Sure. But, I mean, in the grander scheme of things, it introduced us to the quantum realm. You start diving into that stuff. There, they did no explanation. Um, they did no. You know what Ant Man and the Wasp could benefit from is a spinoff TV show. Is what it could benefit from. Well, and I mean, yeah, I mean, you might have a good point there. You know, if they had had more time to really sort of dig in, um, and explain all of that crap that they were digging into, it probably would have been stronger. 
you could have maybe had a deeper villain with whoever that was Walton Goggins was trying to play. You could have given some more purpose to his character. You could have done a lot of things if it had been deeper, but that's where, like, I, I think you're hitting on that, Adam. Like, it was very superficial. Um, I felt like it wasn't trying to be anything award-winning. I mean, I think, I, to me, Caleb, it's one of those, like, risky, cheap movies um, that you're talking about. That, But, yeah, I think you're right, Adam. If it had been a TV series, it might have been better. It just feels, it feels super flat. It feels super, I don't know. It's just not there. But that's that's a tangent. And I'm not saying I just wanted to bring this up independent uh, of Captain Marvel. Um, I mean, sooner or later, there's Marvel Studios. It's like Netflix. Netflix was pumping out good thing after good thing. Remember the days when everything on Netflix was like top shelf stuff? And oh then they gosh. made, and yeah. then they made bright, and then it just all went to hell in a handbasket. Um, but I mean, what was the question? Something about Captain Marvel. I, I'm like, I'm excited for it. They, um, I read a reaction where there's it's um, kind of draws from Star Wars, like that that space battle scene we've seen in the trailers. And I love my big explosion space green laser type battles. Um, so I'm excited for it. But I was really pumped to hear Ben Mendelsohn is so good in it. Because honestly, thus far, every time I hear scrolls, I'm like, ugh. I, like, I just don't. The shapeshifter thing, like, who's a scroll? Who's not a scroll? Like, I'm not excited about any of that. And so for people to go, oh, this is an incredibly complex and multi-layered villain. Like, I just kind of expected it to be like Ben Mendelsohn is like, oh, look at me. I turn into other people. I don't know. I just didn't have any hope and expectation for the scrolls to be a compelling villain. So to hear that he is from so many different places uh, makes me feel a lot different about it, I think. so. I mean, you didn't expect anything less from Ben Mendelsohn, did you? Yeah, he wasn't great in... Um... Uh, uh, Star Wars. We all die at the end. Uh, Rogue oh, that was one. my favorite one. I didn't think you didn't think he was great. I don't. It was. I didn't think he was. Great. I mean, he was fine. He just he was Ant Man and the Wasp in that movie. He was. It was there. It was fine. But <laughs> he was eighty eight percent. Is that what you were saying? If Kamala Khan is actually in Captain Marvel two, it's like immediately my most anticipated Phase four film. Like I could not be more excited about Miss Marvel. So it, uh, I mean, in terms of the podcast, it sure is going to give us a lot of content to uh, break down and discuss. And that's the thing. I mean, this I posted on Twitter last week. I mean, this could entirely reshape the MCU. It's perfect timing. There's only it's the last movie before Endgame. I mean, it could totally rip the rug out from under us. And change the entire mythos as we know it, you know, with the introduction of scrolls, Samuel L. Jackson's already spoiled time traveling. Um, I mean, it's it's going to be a big movie. Oh, I just hate time traveling. Now, you're asking about when Marvel Studios is going to jump the shark. Uh, I actually have a candidate and I might get some hate for this. We found out this week that Loki 
is going to get a uh, showrunner who is one of the Rick and Morty writers. And uh, they said in the synopsis that the story would be how Loki has weaved in and out of different historical events in the history of mankind, humankind. Adam, does that sound exciting to you? Do you want to see that show? So you're telling me we get like the superhero version of Bill and Ted? Or like it's Bill Forrest and Ted? Gump. Or Forrest yeah, Gump. Or Forrest Gump meets Bill and Ted plus like space opera. Hell yeah, I'm excited for that. Plus a Rick and Morty guy. I mean, yeah. as long as the Rick and Morty fans stay over with the Rick and Morty show and don't come over to Loki fans. But Loki, I'm not, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say Loki fans are already obnoxious on Twitter. But, I mean, I'm I'm all on board for this. You don't like it? You don't like that premise? I th- It makes perfect I sense to it. me. It makes perfect sense to Ugh. me. Because it feels to me like instead of like a, a narrative that's going to have any direction, it's just it's going to be like a procedural drama. It's going to be like, and that's how Loki painted the Sistine Chapel. Da-da-da-da-da! And that's how Loki started World War II. Like, I just don't care about a not connected series of, like, hijinks. It just, it feels like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. But only in that way that you just imagined that it would be flat and simple. I mean, they're going to have time. They're going to have the ability. They're going to have the, the capability of going through. I mean, look at Forrest Gump. There's a very deep intrinsic story yet they do have him shaping history in all of these crazy ways there's there's it's only flat because you described it as flat have some imagination caleb if loki at any point turns himself into a pickle i'm gonna lose it i'm just gonna lose it <laughs> right, if if he yeah. even does one of those disgusting burps from rick and Mar- morty <laughs> i am going to burn down the mcu yeah, I, I guess that that doesn't help either. Like, Rick and Morty's okay, but like, I don't know. I'm just like feeling like it's gonna be really slapstick. Like, I, I'm picturing Loki showing up like Wiley e. Coyote and just like putting Acme rockets onto George Washington's back or something stupid. Like, it just doesn't. I'm fine with that. You're not fine with that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Rick and Morty is a mass mass produced low budget animation film a show i mean the writers on that i mean isn't dan Harmon behind rick and morty yeah he's the co-creator with uh justin roiland yeah i mean there's there's they didn't i mean isn't rick and morty the one and maybe i got it mixed up with another show that like cartoon network was like yes we like this go make a hundred episodes and they just mass produced that crap like I don't think you can... I mean, the fact that it's watchable is an amazing... Uh, to some people. That it's watchable to some people is an amazing accomplishment given, like, th- the way it was produced. So I-, I wouldn't use that to judge the quality that this writer can create. Right. Plus, he hasn't... He's only on the upcoming show. He hasn't done any uh, existing Rick and Morty episodes. Oh, Okay. So we don't um, even know. He might make highbrow Rick and Morty. Right. He might make bougie Rick and Morty, right? Bougie Rick and Morty! <laughs> that would be awesome. It would be um, hipster pickles. Hipster pickles. Speaking of uh, pumping out cartoons, 
Uh, we got a little more news on Kevin Smith's uh, Howard the Duck this week. He had put a post on Instagram. There's lots of interesting little tidbits in it. Um, Leah Thompson apparently has been approached, and she is going to do some kind of voice work for it. Uh, apparently, uh, Howard the Duck will feature Beverly and Dr. Bong as uh, side characters. Um, Smith also said that he has seen um, some kind of concept work or early animation for both Hitmonkey and and Modoc, which suggests to me that those are coming a little bit earlier than Howard the Duck will. Um, Rhiannon, you shared this post. Was there anything else there that caught your interest? It was just a whole lot. I mean, I, I left that post wondering if Jeff Loeb had yet had his conversation with Kevin Smith about Marvel's secrecy. Because um, he just, like, spit it all out there. Um uh, so let's <laughs> let's do a disclaimer first. So if you see Kevin Smith and Dr. Bong in the same sentence, it is not what you think it is. Oh, thanks. All right. It is not a walking, talking Bong. Let's just get that out there. I don't know who the hell named it. I think Steve Gerber made Dr. Bong. Have you guys seen who Dr. Bong is? It's like a big bell, right? Yeah. So that's where Bong comes from, the Bong of a bell. Um. But who knows? Kevin Smith might tur- turn him into like a walking joint. I don't know. Um, so that's who Doctor Bong is. There, there. Yeah, Kev said a lot of stuff. Um, if they could score Leah Thompson, I mean that's that's huge. That's very. Well, to be very fair, big. she's not exactly super busy right now. <laughs> like, okay, I don't but I mean that, that's. I mean <laughs> nostalgia. That's like that's like them making a uh, uh, Goonies two. And having the whole cast come back, um, which would be, I would go a million times. Um, but yeah, he said a lot of stuff. Didn't he say they, they already screen tested something, right? Hitmonkey and Modoc, they already screen yeah, tested? Yeah, yeah. So he said in this that he's um, he's seen tests for Hitmonkey and Modoc. And holy duck, they are astounding. We have a little bit of, uh, odd. I mean, do you guys think it's weird that they're starting? I mean, I would think of all of these properties that Howard the Duck would be probably the most known. So in my head, I kind of thought that one would come first, kind of like they started with Daredevil in the Defender series so that, you know, they pull people in with the most popular one. Do you guys think it's odd that they're apparently starting with um, Hitmonkey? I mean, I don't know, Adam. I'd be interested in your take. I feel like Modoc is roughly as known, or maybe even more known than Howard the Duck. Oh, for sure. Yeah, now, the Modoc's probably he, the biggest one on there. He's not. Consi- I mean, as the as a property to make a solo cartoon about, it's not something I would have guessed. But uh, and particularly, he's he's very villainous usually, and it looks like he's going to be kind of anti-hero in these uh, these shows, maybe. Um, but anyways, yeah, to me, Modoc is the biggest name. So it makes kind of sense that they would open with Modoc and then do the two lesser shows and then do Howard at the end to kind of bookmark it. Um, to some degree, that's almost how the Netflix shows went. I mean, you could argue if Luke Cage or Iron Fist was bigger, but certainly I think Jessica Jones is the least known and least historic of the four characters they had. Right, right. Or do you think maybe they learned from Iron Fist, not not that it wasn't a popular character, but that they needed something very strong to wrap things up? 
that, you know, maybe they need something that they know is going to be strong to come at the end so that things don't taper off. Yeah. I, it may just be schedules, too. It might be that Kevin Smith wasn't available until now, so. Yeah, he's making some smoochy boochies. What the hell's a smoochy boochie? Have you ever watched a Kevin Smith movie? He's, no. uh, he's... I forget you're a big uh, View Askew Universe fan, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like. I love. Some... Uh, I love the uh, that rap though. What is it in Jalen Silent Bob? Right, the you know what the the f word laced rap. You know what I'm talking about or not? Uh, I, I mean, I know what you're talking about, but I don't. Oh, know um, what's her name's uh, J Mew's mom in that movie Runaways? Chase's mom, Ever Carradine. Sorry, I just noticed that. Quick sidebar. Other sidebar, if on the recording you can hear this, apparently I have a neighbor who's running their snowblower or making sure their motorcycle's working because I'm just hearing a constant (laughs) in the background. The most annoying thing in the world. All right. uh, Three more quick news things. I'll do them all together. You guys can tell me if anything's interesting. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did a Valentine's Day post. And revealed that uh, May 2019 is the premiere date for the next season, season six. So uh, that's coming in May. Gwyneth Paltrow says she's done with the MCU, except for an occasional cameo, maybe. To which I said, uh, isn't that what she's been doing forever? And Black Widow is getting a little bit of a rewrite. The Jack Schaefer uh, script is getting another workover um, by the guy who wrote Eleanor Rigby is missing or something like that. Any of that interesting to you guys? No, not really. No. I'm happy Shield's coming back as soon as it is. It'll be and that's nice like to get, right uh... after Endgame. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think our whole theory that like Shield had to hold off until Endgame happened might. I mean, for me, it makes that stronger. Did we talk about apparently a year's pass between seasons? Did we talk about that? No. I can't remember where I saw that. I might be making it up. It's long enough for Coulson to croak. Right. There's, um, I mean, season seven's got to be this fall, right? They might just go straight through with this. Who knows? Oh, that would be interesting. Especially, I mean, I think they might be starting production here shortly. They said February or March on season seven. So what's, did they do 10 or 13 episodes for this? 13? Uh, I think they said 13. So that would work, I would guess. I'm just excited that we're going to start getting content. Because, you know, it's been a lean couple of months here for Marvel stuff. And so we're going to get Captain Marvel soon, and then uh, beginning of April, Cloak and Dagger, then Endgame, then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s kicking back on, Legion's going to pop in somewhere, Jessica Jones, I'd assume, is going to air sometime in the next three or four months. So, like, we're going to get back into um, Legion's coming around. So I'm excited that we're actually going to get some more content uh, instead of these dry months. So We'll have to spend less than an hour talking about the news when we have content. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can't get into a a weekly argument about Netflix. All right, uh talking about trailers and things coming up. Uh let's talk about the Cloak and Dagger trailer. So, 
we finally got a view at season two of that show. Um, I just rewatched it to freshen myself on it. Uh, takeaways. What'd you guys think, uh, with our first look at that season? So I don't know what mayhem is supposed to be, but she looks really grounded. What I know of mayhem, I didn't think it was a, uh, you know, just normal female police officer that occasionally has some herky jerky movements and speed and stuff. So what do you guys think of mayhem? So she's like a green skinned person that excretes noxious gas. Um, and she has, has talents. like Tina Turner hair. Yeah. Right. And she is, she, uh, she has talents. Which apparently they're giving her talons. Like you could hear kind of the scratch mark or whatever. And then she slices a dude's throat or whatever. Um, I, I totally understand not turning her into a Liefeldian, green-skinned 90s character, you know? I did notice, um, if you look in the the shots, like I was trying to see how long her nails are in them. They do have them painted a bright green color. Which I was like, is that a fun nod to the comics? Or is that the worst way? Like, is that a Scott Buckism? To be like, well, instead of making her green, let's give her green nail polish. Right. I mean, it's it's New Orleans, so it all depends on the season. Like, green nail polish is kind of common. I've been, I was thinking as I watched this, like, comic fans are the worst. I'm sure if I was an exec in Hollywood, it would drive me insane. Because at one minute, it's like, oh, it needs go ahead, do the comics, be fantastic, blah, blah, blah. But then if you do something that looks corny, it's like, oh, nope, they made a mistake there. And so there really is a balance between making something comic accurate and making something feel remotely tied to the world that we live in. And so, I don't know, I think Mayhem looked okay to me. That, like, the idea that she's, what I really liked is it they validated some of the character decisions of season one. There was a couple times where I thought that character is like, what's her deal? Like she's snorting Coke and having sex in the back of the cop car. And I'm like, why is this police officer this way? Are they just making her hard just to make the show edgy? But the idea that she was like a seriously flawed and messed up person, who's just going to get pushed over the edge into total insanity. Um, I don't know. I feel like they made a good decision there, you know? Maybe she just likes to party, Caleb. My good lord. It's just a little coke and sex. Leave her alone for cripe's sake. <laughs> just a little coke. I mean, come on. That never hurt anybody, right? <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I- I'm excited for this. Um, the tweets, man. I-, I shouldn't have looked at the tweet responses, and I looked at the tweet responses. Oh, no. Just people. Just people. Oh, you give us this crap and you cancel everything else? Just... Aww. chill out chill out bro um i'm hyped they're going some dark places with this yeah for free form i mean it's i'm I'm surprised how dark they're going it doesn't seem like too edgy i guess um i don't know but some, i mean something's gonna have to come along and, and get the the edginess out because shadow hunters is almost done to me it immediately compares to runaways like, and maybe this isn't fair, but on run. Well, it compares well to runaways in that, like 
And runaways are like, oh no, if we don't beat this bad guy, then an alien goo is going to come down and take our fam, our friend up into space. And I'm like, oh, why, what, what's the danger of this show? And on Cloak and Dagger, they're like, oh, hey, we really need to defeat this villain or a lot of girls are going to be put into sex trafficking. And like, there's an automatic like stakes and severity to Cloak and Dagger that makes it feel like significant in a way that runaways just feels like boring and uninteresting and not dangerous. Right. So I, I like that part of it. So overall, I thought it looked good. I mean, that's what, like, I haven't had a chance to, like, watch it 15 times and dissect it, but I, I'm interested, I'm in, I'm ready. Bring it on. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see, it looks like part of the story will be that Dagger is questioning whether Mayhem's doing it the right way or not. And so, like, how far is too far on the vigilante spectrum, I think, is a little bit tired, but I think can still be a good story, particularly as it affects Tyrone and Tandy's relationship. And the fact that he's always a little bit behind her is in his willingness to go certain places. And I think that'll be interesting to see that play out. I know you're going to like it. I mean, they introduced several different plot story arc type things. You know, obviously they're going against the main bad people. Then there's the whole mayhem kind of sub arc. And I would guess Allie Mackey's character. I don't, I forget her name. Um, Obviously she'll probably be back. Did we see, um, we saw Aunt, what's her name? Did we see Aunt, what's her name's niece? Tyrone's girlfriend thing? There's a kiss in there, I think. I always forget that uh, this is by one of the guys that did Heroes. I'm a big Heroes fan. I also love that Tyrone's like, I'm going to make a superhero costume and patrol the streets. Like, about time, somebody in the entire Jeff Loboverse who actually wants to wear a costume and be a superhero. Right. That's perfect, too, because, I mean, what teen's not going to want to do that, you know? Apparently not teens that live in Brentwood or wherever the hell they live. That was always a problem I had with Runaways, where they're like, oh, we're too cool for, like, dumb nicknames. I'm like, knock it off. If I had superpowers, I'd so be creating a costume for myself the next minute. Too cool for school, stuck up rat kids i wouldn't have a costume i'd probably have a mask of some sort but it'd probably just be like a balaclava the woman my literally wearing branded <laughs> gear on her head as we speak <laughs> all right um we're gonna go into our main conversation and uh we'll see how this goes we uh we're thinking a little bit last week about hulu and this announcement of movie uh tv shows like modok and hit monkey and uh tiger and dazzla and um it made us feel like if those shows can get made, like if a fan, I'm sure somewhere there is one person in the world for whom Hitmonkey is their favorite Marvel character, and they are rejoicing that they're getting a Hitmonkey show. If Marvel's willing to make that stuff, they're willing to make anything. And so we decided we might have a little fun this week and talk about obscure characters that we would love to see developed into TV shows or movies. Like, if Marvel's going to go weird, let's go with it and just make some really bizarre stuff. Um, so, Adam, I, I guess I'll, I'll push to you first. You seem to uh, jump onto this idea with much excitement. What is a very bizarre, weird thing that you would like to see Marvel develop? I've already talked about him time and time and time again. 
Uh, it would make an excellent movie, I think. Um, the big old D-Man, Darkhawk. I would love, 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 love to see Darkhawk. I thought you were going to say actually D-Man. <laughs> no, no, Isn't not that, that character? D-Man. No, not that <laughs> obscure. No, not not that D-Man. Uh, I mean, Darkhawk, they've been doing more with him as of late. It's just a super interesting idea. Um, that's kind of mystical. That's kind of well, it's totally cosmic-y. Um, but the street level at the same time, I don't. It's just all over the place, you know. It's Guardians plus Daredevil plus maybe a little Doctor Strange, maybe a little Iron Fist. Um, it's certainly property that that I would like to see them explore. Um, you did? Are we supposed to like? pitch these kind of what we want to see or are we just supposed to talk about them or what <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't know i have not put that much thought into our show so <laughs> i mean do you think is this the thing you want to see in a movie tv show cart like have if it was a cartoon a do you it think it would it'd be, a waste? be a movie it'd have to be a movie so in so in layman's terms so dark hawk is this android body right and Okay, let's back up. There's the fraternity of the raptors, right? And the fraternity of the raptors are made up of these android-type bodies. And, Robots? Yeah, kind of. LMDs? Kind of. They're organic robot things with armpit wings. Um, how do I... It's, they so haven't like explored that. Yeah, kind of, sort of, yeah. If Black Bolt was half robot, half man type thing. So anyways, each kind of raptor, I guess, is assigned an amulet. And once you pick up this amulet, your consciousness gets transferred into the body, but your physical form gets stored in this pod to a tree that's in raptor land. I'm already making it way too convoluted. I wanted to make it simple. I mean, we were going for oddball weird characters. We have the amulets, and we have robot LMD android things, and we have cosmic and right. You know. So, so that's just. I just think you should wrap some tape around the bridge of your glasses there, and just kind of shove it up every once in a while. Right. So then the robots get amulets, and <laughs> no, I mean it would be such. It would be such a dope. There's some stuff with like the Shi'ar Imperial Guard that would be awesome. There's. There's all sorts of stuff. I'd love to see Darkhawk. It's one of my guilty pleasure comics. How would Darkhawk fare against Stiltman? Oh, he'd kill, kick Stiltman's ass. Stiltman who? Get out of here. Darkhawk would... Uh... And Darkhawk could show up in the uh, inevitable New Warriors show. Speaking of obscure characters. I thought we declared New Warriors dead. Yeah. I, I mean... It has to be at this point, right? There's no way these actors are still hanging around, is there? Yeah, um, I don't have a lot of, like, obscure, like, small characters. Um, Stiltman's just a favorite to always throw out. Um, I mean, and, and when I was trying to brainstorm this, I kept coming up with villains. Um, which, I mean, because I guess you get a lot more, you know, like, obscure little villains popping in and out. The one that I had always hoped to have on Daredevil that I think would be fun to just pop up against any of the characters is Dr. Fear. Um, the one that just sort of spreads 
fear. I mean, like his 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 villainy is that it's kind of like Kilgrave, where when Kilgrave's around you, he can manipulate your brain. If Mister Fear's around you, you're afraid. It's not a logical whatever, you know. So you're cocky. Whoever is now scared, um, and I just think that's such a simple and hard to fight thing that I'd love to see it pop up with almost any of the cocky, you know, characters that we have in the MCU. So one of the things I'd love to see, which will never happen for so many reasons, but I don't know, maybe we could see. Um, I came into comics in the mid nineties when I was a teenager and I loved generation X. Adam, have you ever read like the old, any of the old generation X comics from like 95, 96? Nope. So what I I love about the team, (laughs) what I love is the team is super bizarre. Uh, Jubilee was on it. Who's like the only known character, but then there was a chamber who was a guy that creates like telekinetic fire, but the first time he used the power, he blew half his face off. And so he would walk around with just like the scarf, like below his nose. Cause he didn't have like a bottom to his chin. He was kind of, he was the kind of emo that you would have really liked Rhiannon because it was just like, I discovered my powers. I blew my face off and now I live the rest of my life looking like a freak because like, just because the first time I used them, I didn't know what I was doing, which was kind of terrifying. Um, and th- then there was a guy named skin who is skin stretched, but it wasn't like Mr. Fantastic where you could like make shapes. It was just like, he had lots of extra skin and he could like wrap it around tree branches and swing from his like extra f- finger skin. <laughs> it was kind of gross. I'm sorry, Adam. Did this, did skin? No, uh, spark no, something no, for no. You? you. Yeah. You gave me a whole new idea. And it would be the best, it would make the best TV show or movie ever made. And no doubts about it. I'm sorry, Infinity War. I'm sorry, Endgame. I'm sorry, Guardians. I'm sorry, Captain Marvel. Um, Great Lakes Avengers. Sign me up. Great Lakes Avengers. Oh, yeah. I would so, t- you you reminded me of that, and, uh, that brought up Flatman. You know who Flatman is, right? Right, his power is just that he's flat? Well, yeah, he's He's Mr. Fantastic, but he can only... Yeah, he's flat, Mr. Fantastic. Um, but it would be so hilarious between Flatman and Big Bertha and, and Mr. Immortal. I'm probably sure if they adapted it to live action, they probably wouldn't call her Big Bertha. Um, but it's a, it would be a hilarious TV show, movie, whatever you want to call it. Doorman would be awesome. Um so anyway, that's that's the idea you sparked of from skin. Yeah. So anyways, there was also there was a character named Husk. She could make her body turn it into anything, but she had to like peel her skin off in order to like get to that form underneath. Uh it also it had Banshee and White Queen in it, but it was like the nicest Emma Frost ever. It was like an Emma Frost that actually cared about other human beings, which is kind of bizarre. And Banshee is just like my favorite X Man ever. And I feel like he's chronically underused. And it was totally like a, a, a YA, like teenager runaways kind of show. And the thing is, it's so rooted in the 90s. Even the title Generation X, like it made sense to have a teen team in the 90s called Generation X. But now it's just like, 
Generation X, they're all 40. Why would that be a, a group of teenagers? It's just bizarre. And the reality is they actually made a pilot. If you want to go onto YouTube, I don't think I'd suggest it. They made a terrible TV movie of Generation X back in like 1998. Um, it had uh, Fiona Apple. Not Is that her name? She was like a, a soap opera actress. She was a white queen. Anyway. Um, it stunk, it was terrible, and these are all reasons they would never make it, but it would make me very happy if they did, because I still have a lot of nostalgic feelings for that show. Alright, Adam, do you have any other goofball, obscure ideas that you'd love to see created? He's not super obscure, but I do want to see Taskmaster at some point, um, and I'm not sure if that would be... He almost seems like someone Cap would go up against it, or something of that nature. Um, again, not super, super obscure. I just think it would be a good Punisher-esque type um, anti-hero villain thing. I, obviously not a Taskmaster property itself. He would have to be a supporting character somewhere. That'd make a great Black Widow villain. It would. That is a very good point. I just want all the obscure villains. I just, like, was was skimming through like a list of obscure marvel characters and i i there are some great villains that maybe lasted like two issues and uh and then you know disappeared that would be fun to jump in like evidently i was just reading about the needle which was a former tailor that was in, you know, some radioactive whatever accident, couldn't speak, only had one eye, but if he stared at you with it, you'd be paralyzed. And with him, he carried a three-foot needle, and he would attack you. I don't... I, I just, like... I Just give me... I, I want my villains to be ridiculous. The only other idea I had um, that I think actually could work in a very weird way, like as a Disney streaming show... Uh, is a property called Slingers. I don't know if anybody will remember this, but there was a uh, there was a period in Spider-Man during the Clone Saga where they tried to let Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, take over for Peter Parker because they wanted to make Spider-Man cool again, and Peter Parker had become like middle-aged and married and had a job, and it just he wasn't cool, so they thought they'd replace him with his clone Ben Riley, and it didn't go over super well. And so in all the midst of that, they had a very short period where Peter Parker created four new identities that were all like pieces of Spider-Man. So there was a character called dusk that like lived in the shadows and had a black costume. And it was all about like the stealth part of Spider-Man. There's a character called the Hornet who could fly and was all about like the tech part of Spider-Man there was a character called Ricochet that was all about like Spider-Man's agility and would like shoot like discs and bounce around and jump. And then there was a character named Prodigy, which was basically just a really strong guy that had Spider-Man's strength as his main thing. And what they did is for the four Spider-Man titles, each of them for like three months was one of those characters. And Peter Parker had all of those identities that he created. And then he became Spider-Man again and he just threw out the costumes and they let um, like just randos found the costumes and started using them as superheroes. 
But I think it would be really cool if the idea was that Stark had created these different costumes as like options for Peter Parker. And they were like, um, you know, they were just uh, like, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, prototypes. Like they were Stark prototypes that he had made Peter. And it was just like some stupid teenagers that broke into a Stark lab or like they fell off the plane in Homecoming and these random teenagers got these Stark suits and it would almost be like uh, the item 47 short, right? Where like the alien technology got in the hand of just some random people. And I think it'd be really fun to see like these super powered Stark suits in the hands of some random like 20 year olds. And they could like kind of talk about, are we going to be superheroes? Are we going to be bad guys? And they're kind of getting in trouble. It'd be nice to see like real heroes swoop in. Like, what are you guys doing? And I think it would kind of play up on that thing they did in Homecoming where the suit is too much for Peter. And so he just keeps making mistakes and keeps doing these humorous things because he doesn't know how to control the power he has. And I always thought the designs were really kind of cool. Again, that's probably just the 90s comic kid in me enjoying something that no one else would like. And I don't love the title. Slingers, I think, is a really stupid name. But uh, I don't know. I think it could work. <laughs> no. I mean, Ben Riley. Uh, ben Riley's obscure. No? I mean, Ben Riley's certainly going to be in something, right? That seems like a Marvel move. He's got to be in the Spider-Verse sequel. How could they not put Scarlet? I was sad not to see Scarlet Spider in the first Spider-Verse. Right. Yeah, he he, got, he has to be Spider-Verse too. Oh, news was... Did you guys watch that Spider-Ham thing? That's I so did, awesome. Yeah. Yes. That's going to be so good. That's going to be so good. Is it? Is a whole movie of that going to be good? Is it going to be a whole movie of Spider-Ham? Uh, no, it's a short film. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was like, I don't think I can take 90, 90 minutes of Spider-Ham. But five, sign me up. Hell yes. yeah. Yeah, my only concern with um, Spider-Ham is that to keep it a kid's thing, they won't let him go to like the weird extents that he really could go to. Like, I kind of want like a PG-16 version of Spider-Ham where he's... Like that whole joke, apparently, that the hot dogs are made out of human in the Spider-Ham verse. Like, that won't be in there. They won't upset kids that way. right. But I kind of would like to see a cartoon where they did. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Now now all these listeners of ours are going to start a petition for a rated R Spider-Ham. Just go hard R, man. Let's do it. Why not? So where would a hard R Spider-Ham go? I mean, would it involve... The human hot dog factory? Probably. I don't want to see it. I don't want to. Like that scene in Daredevil <laughs> Season 2 where you're in like the meat shop and they have people hanging from the hooks and like... Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I did a rewatch. I forgot about most of that too. I would almost enjoy... I think Spider-Ham would be really funny if they went like the good place where it was all like... They weren't actually swearing. They just, you know, use like forking shirt balls or um, or frack from uh, Battlestar Galactica because it, it would really fit him that like he would say he would want to curse, but he would do it in a cartoony way. Uh, that brings up a good point. Rocket has yet to say flarking, right? He's never said flarking in any of the movies or has he? Because that's his go to comedy. He always says flarking questions someone let us know i always thought 
Battlestar Galactica was brilliant because whenever they use the word frack, like it had the same like percussive like vocality to it that the actual F word does, but it never got them in trouble with like, you know, like sensors, obviously. And I just thought it was brilliant. Like it, it gave all the effect without having to do any beeping, which I just thought was smart. Which goes to show how weird it is that their bad words exist. Right? Exactly. Yeah. This could go into a long diatribe. So anyways, all right. Any other obscure stuff before we hit the mailbag? All right. We got a lot of mail this week. Uh, For some reason, last week's episode sparked some conversation. Over on the website, uh, Love Waffle... um, was saying it's interesting how almost as if on cue we found out the future of Jeff Loeb's Marvel TV is making series that no one will ever confuse with being part of the MCU. Uh, Dave was saying that he agrees with you, Adam, um, that he doesn't really care as much about the connection anymore, but he was talking about how he's frustrated that the reason we don't care about it's all connected is because Marvel just frustrated the living daylights out of us. Uh, He pointed out, and I thought this was good. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got their best ratings on episodes that teased connections with the movies. So you would have thought at some point Marvel would have just started connecting it more with the movies so that they could have kept up those high ratings. Um, But they did not. And uh, he just talked about how frustrating it was that over time they just became less and less and less connected, particularly because it made critics of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D sound like they knew what they're talking about. Like people at the early days were like, Oh, that show's going to suck. They'll never really connect it. It was frustrating as a fan to see that actually become true. Um, uh, Herman was also, uh, left some comments. Uh, he, he's talking about how he actually likes it when they're a little bit connected, but not too connected that it has an independent storyline, but that there is still some space to be, um, space to have discussion of things like the Sokovia Accords or some kind of name drops. Uh, he thinks that works okay. Uh, he wants to see Seth Green back for the voice of Howard the Duck, just like he is in the movies. Um, and uh, had some other talk uh, about Feige and Kevin, Lo- uh, Kevin Loeb, Jeff Loeb and all those kinds of things. Uh, so yeah, that was awesome. Uh, over on Twitter... Matt Turner Toad helped us out uh, with a little more further descriptions of the TV shows that we didn't give great descriptions of last week. Uh, As a longtime reader of Marvel Comics, he's going to impart some knowledge. Uh, Dazzler transforms sound into light projections. So that's a part we didn't really describe. We said she made light, but it's because she converts sound into it. And that's why she's such a great music star is because she makes pyrotechnics out of the music she makes. Uh, apparently Tigra was transformed into a half cat warrior by a cult of cat scientists. Talk about obscure. That's brilliant. Uh, he also <laughs> quote, I think Hawkeye has banged them both quote, end quote, speaking of Dazzler and Tigra. So it'd be interesting to see a, uh, Jeremy Renner appearance on the Hulu shows. Uh, also Rhiannon on your question about scrolls, uh, Matt Turner, uh, let us know that apparently Reed Richards at some point made scrolls become cows. And so they can gain and lose mass as part of their, um, transformation. Uh, 
But cows, so they could become a lamp. Cows still have a consciousness. He took that on to say that they could, you know, that 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 it makes no sense that they can't be a trash can, but trash cans don't have a consciousness. But then again, I met this weird like frou frou hippie person this past weekend that says that all inanimate objects do have a consciousness. So it it felt like the world was trying to tell me that scrolls could be inanimate objects. Are you saying it was a bouge hippie? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no, no. I was I was screwing around. Is there the such a thing? This, this person has done a lot of drugs. <laughs> is what I, <laughs> is what I was trying to gently get at. This was doctor. Um, so doctor bong hippie is what you're saying. It was it was somebody that you know very into free love and doing drugs recreationally. Um, but you know, somewhere in like ex- describing his, uh, which is a whole, yeah, his whole thought process on um, free love and universal love, there was a consciousness, and he even, I mean, like this person, even like we're sitting there, and he goes, and that lamp has a consciousness, and I just sat there going, oh my god, it's a scroll. Sounds like you wanted to have a relationship with the lamp, if you know what I mean. I um, we did get a uh, a tweet from at KD Music Music spelled with a Q, uh, and it just said, "No, don't need continuity between all shows and film, especially not animated ones." So, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, there's some people that uh, were encouraging you to do the. Uh, President's Day deal. Um, Uberku was making sure that you were staying properly hydrated. Yes, yes, uh, thank you <laughs> for the um, the hangover tips. Because when you drink tequila, as if Rihanna needs new. help figuring out. <laughs> you oh, wait, you are actually wait. You drank tequila at noon on video. Yeah. Why can't we do a podcast like it that? It was Patron. It was Patron, for Why the record. Oh, Who said shit. we can't do a podcast like Who that? We well, let's do it then. Oh, let's <laughs> Wait, go. no, you've always suggested it after dark. I mean, record on, like, Wednesday nights. I can't drink tequila straight at 9 o'clock on a Wednesday night. If we do this at, like, noon on a sun, or, well, no, Caleb has to work on Sundays. But <laughs> do <laughs> let's it do it like, 10 a.m. Sunday. Ooh, let's go. 10 a.m. on Saturday? You want me to drink tequila with you, man? I am in. Oof. I don't want my whole day ruined. I'd rather just have my night ruined. As Uberku said, drink a lot of water, take a nap, get up and go again. Have you... Oh, never mind. <laughs> have you no, never have been I, to Mardi I, Gras? <laughs> I have not, actually. Uh, one of the last times I went to Mardi Gras, I was drunk by 9 a.m. Oh, yep. that'd be a good time to podcast. <laughs> also on Twitter, um, we got uh, tagged by Quattro Bastardos, which I can guess what that means. Um, but they were just giving us the Gwyneth Paltrow news and the whole thing's in Spanish. So thank you, Quattro Bastardos. We love that you're including us in your uh, Spanish news. Unfortunately, I don't think any of us know Spanish, so... Uh, I see Gwyneth Paltrow's picture. But so Twitter will automatically translate that for you. Oh, will it? Okay. Yeah, hold on. It's a Gwyneth Paltrow. So the trans- translate tweet button. Gwyneth Paltrow has announced that Avengers Endgame will be her last official appearance as Pepper Potts. It was just the Pepper Potts news. 
So these guys are out of Argentina. So when we talk about where people listen from, apparently somebody's listening in Buenos Aires. So thank. And I'll push the button to uh, translate your tweets that Caleb doesn't know exists. <laughs> I don't know how to use Twitter. This is too much work. Um, and uh, we just got included in something by Mr. Media as well. So thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Also, Shelby felt the need after the last podcast to chime in that it's pecan and not pecan, which I'm just going to add out here. She is wrong. Who says pecan? It's pecan pie. One of our listeners says pecan. Pike and pie. I mean, I know, I know people do, but people mispronounce all kinds of words. That doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're you're allowed to have your own opinion. You're wrong, but nonetheless, (laughs) you can have it. It's it's okay. (laughs) Rhiannon, worried? Did you? uh, It's kind of a weird time because it's before and after. Were you going to talk about? Your little deal going on this week? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, by the time this airs, it will have already right. happened. So it's in a super awkward spot, because you can't talk about it yet. Well, yeah, I'm... Yeah, I was just trying to come up with a way to talk about it as if it was in the past tense. But um, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw that I went to the Today Show with a bunch of other Daredevil fans. And... um. The plan is, we'll see if that pans out, that we're going to be there at, like, 6.30 in the morning, and I think, like, Royce Johnson is planning to come and stuff, and, like, do a little Save Daredevil meetup, slash try to get some publicity on television. Though, I'm a little nervous about it now, because Samantha B had this, have you, did you guys see, like, the Samantha B segment, the, the most recent, like, she was going over, like, this article, and they're like, it's like the Today Show and you have all the tourists outside, like, waving and smiling and cheering and stuff. But, like, on the news, they're actually talking about, like, you know, increase in mortality rates in babies or something, like, something super depressing. <laughs> but you've got all these tourists outside, right. like, smiling and waving and jumping and, like, yay! And, um, like, now I really, you know, like, so, I don't know, I'll probably be, like, in the back, like, woo! Um... So, yeah, so um, that's part of the Save Daredevil stuff. There's more of that happening if people are interested in seeing that. Or if people have questions, like, about if they're, like, really stupid for wanting to do this and everything, they have a fact page on Save Daredevil where they've addressed a lot of that stuff. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. I have also, since coming to New York, I haven't done any of that, like, kitschy touristy stuff i haven't like gone to saturday night live i haven't stood outside of any of the places and it's 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 about time touristy stuff don't you go to hamilton like every other week um i go to hamilton whenever i have a ticket yeah yeah i've i've seen hamilton four times but i don't consider that a touristy thing But if, as you listen to this, you know that Daredevil has suddenly been saved because of an outpouring of interest after the Today Show, then thank Rhiannon. She fixed everything for you. That's why the world has been saved. Yeah, and I mean, I think that that's why I point people towards their fact page, because the whole Save Daredevil movement, which I'm only very peripherally involved in, um, mostly just that I'm friends with all of those people, Um the, they they know that like it's not like we're gonna go out Friday and there's gonna be an announcement on Saturday. All they're trying to do is keep 
you get some visibility, show that the fan base is there and that it's strong. So that as Hulu is trying to make that decision, as they're trying to put a dollar value on the intangible parts, they have, you know, stuff that they can lean towards and stuff that's in their head on the strength of the fan base. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. You can interact with us a lot of ways. Send us messages on Twitter at Marvel News Desk. Also, you can use the MarvelNewsDesk.com post each week. If you want to support the show, please uh, go ahead and sign up to give us some money over at Patreon.com slash MarvelNewsDesk. That gets you access to uh, our special podcasts, like our MCU debate episode we did a few months back. Uh, that's available only to Patreon supporters, as well as early access to some of our videos. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash marvelnewsdesk, or subscribe to the YouTube channel, that's watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. You can help the show be more visible to others if you give us a five-star review on iTunes. The most important thing you do every week, however, is you listen, you tell your friends, and we're very thankful for that. Uh, thanks to Tim Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim B. Cox. And thanks to Alvin for the theme music. He's on a variety of social media platforms at the Skull School. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you later.